0: Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
1: can tell
2: you, there's only one song worth singing, they may try and sell you, because it hangs them up, to see someone like you.
1: If you'd like to give us a call tonight to uh, give us your point of view, tell us what's on your mind, ask questions to any of our four guests, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's toll-free, XONATION throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at 1-877-528-8255. If you'd like to send an email, com. chat with me here in our studio by using MSN Messenger. The address is TalkStarRadio at Hotmail.com. And our two websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. My producer tonight at Master Control in White Springs, Florida, the Master Control and Uplink uh, facility for the TalkStar Radio Network and White Springs TV is the one and only Batman. Hey, Batman, how are you doing tonight? Two thumbs up, buddy. How are things in Gotham City? Catwoman giving you a hard time, just got to get her some of that uh, catnip, and that'll take care of that problem, pal. On tonight's show, joining me in a few minutes will be Dr. Naomi Robertson. We're talking about her new book called After Daddy Died. Wayne Morin will be joining us with uh, some of the people at Napa State. We're talking about the crimes against humanity and what the updates are with Wayne and his crusade to expose the murder. The uh, the uh, crimes against humanity, the rapes, the trafficking of narcotics within the institution, the selling of illegal alcohol to inmates and patients within the, the uh, walls of the Napa State uh, facility. Wayne's always, gonna, uh, you know, he's got to be one of the greatest crusaders when it comes to justice and and. Exposing what goes high behind the walls of a mental institution to the world. Elizabeth Joyce will be joining us talking about psychics and she's going to be doing psychic readings for one and all who gives a call at one 528 8255 and our fourth guest tonight is Patrick Cook with his edition of the Cook Report. Once again, our toll-free number is one 528 8255 My guest this hour is Dr. Naomi Robertson. She is the author of after daddy died. Dr. Naomi Robertson's life is a true survival story, raised in a violent and unstable home. Dr. Robertson found the strength to carry on with her life after enduring childhood abuse, molestation, incest, and even murder. Growing up in housing projects in Chicago, Illinois, Dr. Robertson is the seventh of eleven children, along with her mother and siblings, Naomi was physically and emotionally abused by her father, who was a long-time drug addict and alcoholic. Unable to end the cycle of violence, Naomi watched helplessly as some of her brothers and sisters began modeling their father's behavior, turning into drug addicts, criminals, murderers, and abusive parents and spouses. Some of the older siblings even sexually abused some of the younger ones. In adulthood, the, the, uh, the cycle of violence in Naomi's life continued as she entered into abusive relationships. She sought the help of therapy, but was too ashamed to reveal her dark past. Only after marrying a wonderful husband, finding salvation, and the birth of her son, uh, that faith, family, and education brought a great sense of happiness, spiritual fulfillment, and meaning pur- meaningful purpose for life. As a born-a-grand Christian, Dr. Uh, Robertson relied on her belief in God to heal and restore meaning into her life. She completed her college education by returning to school and earning a master's degree in management and human resources and doctorates in organizational psychology and divinity. When I come back from this two-minute commercial break, Dr. Naomi Robertson is my special guest on the first uh, hour of this, The X-Zone. Coming to you live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, exclusively on the Talkstar Radio Network. Don't go away. Naomi um, Robertson is our special guest at Exxon Nation. uh, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and it's a month that should be taken very seriously, and uh, we here at the Exxon on October the 15th are going to be doing a one-night special on domestic violence. And uh, Dr. Naomi Robertson, welcome very much to the show. How are you tonight, ma'am?
2: Thank you for having me. It's
1: a great pleasure, ma'am. Now, what motivated you to tell your story?
2: Well, you know, I was motivated because I, I want to encourage other uh, victims of abuse to openly share their experience, you know, and I really hope that by me revealing my dark events, uh, that, you know, I can show others how I triumphed over this hardship, mm-hmm. and they'll find the courage and strength to pursue, pursue a better path in life as I have.
1: Now, uh, domestic violence is on a staggering rise, according to statistics. Uh, to what do you con- uh but uh, you know, what is your reasoning for this?
2: Well, I would say that many cases of domestic violence go unreported because abused women and children are ashamed. They're fearful mm-hmm. of retaliation and worried about not being believed. You know, instead, many of them keep their feelings and their emotions to themselves, leading some of them to suffer with, uh, from severe depression. Anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder, as I did. Unfortunately, like I say, I do have a success story. I got through it, but there are so many women that I do counsel that just can't quite make ends meet in life. You know, but many yeah. abuse victims keep everything bottled inside and continue to relive past memories over and over again.
1: Naomi, what was your worst memory as a victim of child abuse?
2: Oh boy, that's 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 a big one there. Well, just the fact that I uh, watch. Helplessly, I would say, as some of my brothers and sisters began to model my father's behavior, you know, they were turning into criminals and murderers and pedophiles, abusive parents and spouses and mm-hmm. drug addicts. and You know, it, it just went out of control. I always tell people that, you know, as a child, when you witness domestic violence, it's a vicious cycle. And you really have to have a strong will to want to rise above that, you know. And just I watched some of them have uh, nervous breakdowns and end up in mental health institutions. And you know, it was just a bad thing. I always say that I'm blessed because God had his hand on my life where, you know, it, it passed by me. But I did have my issues, and I and I and we worked through that. So that's pretty much, I think, why a lot of times people don't report it.
1: Is law enforcement uh, using better understanding and better psychology when it comes to domestic violence?
2: Well, you know what, from what I've seen, I've I've counseled several women who tell me that sometimes uh, when the police come to their house concerning domestic violence, they have actually took their husbands, their spouses, and put them in a car, rode them around the block talk to him, and let him right back out. Now, this one particular guy, he threw his wife from a second floor balcony.
1: Oh, my God.
2: And, you know, they patched her up and everything. He would—he didn't want her to go to school. He didn't want her to do anything. But, you know, it was a case where she was so severe, you know, just terrified of him. And he followed her. He stalked. You know, whatever it was, she could never get away from him until finally, you know, it ended up in tragedy where he was killed.
1: Why do you think that cases like this are not prosecuted by the police that the police do not uh... you know arrest charge and make sure that this person who obviously has serious problems is kept away from his family until something is is done instead of just riding him around the block and then letting him get back into the situation that still is 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 very volatile
2: i strongly believe we need to implement more systems where the abuser has the counseling that they need Cause they have all kind of programs for the women to get them you know back in the mainstream of life give them skills and all of that and that's great but I really strongly believe you know that they need more programs they do have some but the abuser needs to be trained he needs counseling He needs it ongoing, he needs to report to the court system and let them know exactly what his progress is. As a matter of fact, some of us from my church, we have kind of devised a program like that and we have become advocates to go to court with some of these guys and give the judge a progress report. But I do know, in fact, there should be a lot more.
1: What are some of the signs of an abuser, Doctor?
2: Basically, from what I've seen in the counseling business here, a lot of times the... Abuser, And I don't say it's just all men. There are some women, too, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, I'm going to say he for the most part, he's overly jealous. He loves to control that person. He makes you feel guilty even when he's wrong. He becomes violent when you question him. He expects you to stay silent or subservient to him and his friends. He tells you he's sorry and that he won't do this again when he's physically abused, you know, his spouse. And then they play these mind games to destroy her emotions. And I've even seen where some of them listen on the telephone when she's talking or they try to con- just control her life in general.
1: All right. Now, what are some of the um, signs and symptoms of, of uh, domestic abuse?
2: Well, in, in many cases, you'll see a woman or child who, and it varies, but uh, just to name a few, basically they tend to withdraw. Uh, they seem to just pull away from people. Most of the time they're quiet or they cry easily. They have a short temper or they're very defensive. Mm-hmm. Angry most of the time. They apologize a lot. Never smile. Always too serious. You know, appears to be nervous most of the time or jittery. And they have an unhealthy eating disorder. And this is just the name a few. But basically they, they always feel for and afraid that they're going to do something wrong that's going to warrant some more abuse.
1: Unfortunately, you know, the, the abuse that, that occurs between mom and dad has a, has a traumatic effect on the rest of the family.
2: Definitely, yeah.
1: And, and, you know, how do children, God bless them, cope with this?
2: Well, actually, we don't. You know, we, we just love our parents unconditionally, and we believe that, you know, well, it's going to get better. We always have that hope. But it, it's just a bad thing because it affects our social skills as a child. And when you live in a household where their parents are, you know, abusing one another or it's just, you know, a lot of confusion going on, you know, you end up the fight, you say things abusive to other children, you just duplicate, you know, what you see, you end up fighting and, and you know, just things get spent out of control. And I remember a time with my younger sister, she's about two and a half, three years younger than I, and she came home and she told me that the kids teased her really, really bad, I mean, she just cried all day. And that really bothered me, and I went up to the classroom to take action for her. I'm not proud of what I did, but I felt that that was my right to protect Mm -hmm. my little sister because I knew the pain that she had because kids were doing that to me. Unfortunately, she didn't defend herself the way I could. You know, I, I could, you know, stop it, but she didn't know how to do that. And I really felt bad after I kind of confronted everyone in the classroom, you know, but I felt I had to do that for her, you know. 1-877-528-8255
1: One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five is toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My name is Rob McConnell. Dr. Ni- Naomi Robertson is our very special guest. She's the author of After Daddy Died. It's a shocking true story of how a family was affected by their father's psychotic behavior. They believe that he was literally psychotic as he engaged in behavior that damaged his family for years to come. He was violent, having killed people, including people who hurt his family members. Which was an odd twist because he would just as soon hurt his wife and 11 children. His sadistic tendencies pushed several of his children over the edge to the point of having mental breakdowns, encouraging them to commit murder or engage in acts of other violence. Some of the children were driven to molest some of their siblings. Um, how is you know, like we're talking, we talked about the murder. Can you tell us about that?
2: Well, yeah, you know, I, I don't like to use the word, you know, clever and shrew, but my father, he thought he was very shrewd, very clever, and that he knew the answer for everything, and, you know, and that's the way he lived his life, but he was, he was manipulative mm-hmm. in retrospect, okay, and he, I had six brothers, first of all, there were, uh, four of them were older than I. And he cloned them in a sense of teaching them the way, you know, if you ever commit a murder, you just hold out under the interrogation. You know, my book talks about the whole scene of different murders and so forth. And uh, you just hold out because, you know, you're strong and I beat you hard enough where, you know, whatever the police do to you is not going to be worse than what I've done. And you can handle it. You'll get away, you know, because... They won't have any evidence to prove it and, you know he would tell them all this kind of stuff i'm like what an awful person you know you don't tell your children things like that and they got comfortable with that scenario to the point that they went out and duplicated but pretty much i think that he was able to um you know have them emulate his behavior because you know they got to a point that they needed him to validate them okay and if they didn't get his validation, then they felt that they were inadequate. They lived their life to please him, so they did whatever he said, and they did whatever they thought would please him, and that's the sad part. But, you know, they got carried away with that, and even before my father passed away, he didn't do the murder, but he had another family member to do it. Set it up, it was all on the news, and I'm like, just bawling, you know, when I saw it on the news, and I'm like, you know, wow, what is going on with this, you know? But it was nothing I could do. I was just helpless, you know, and just
1: trump time, you know. Some of the uh, statistics when it comes to domestic violence include in a 1995-1996 to survey conducted by, in the 50 states and the District of Columbia, nearly 25% of women and 7.6% of men were raped and were physically assaulted by a current or former spouse, cohabiting partner, or dating partner acquaintance at some time in their lifetime. This was based on a survey of 16,000 participants equally male and female. Approximately 1.3 million women and 835,000 men are physically assaulted by an intimate partner annually in the United States. Inmate partner violent made up 20 percent of all non-fatal violent crime experienced by women in 2001. Intimate partners committed 3% of the non-fatal violence against men. Uh, 1,247 women and 440 men were killed by an intimate partner going back into the year 2001. Um, And uh, here's some other ones. Of almost the 3.5 million violent crimes committed against family members, 49% of these crimes were against spouses. 84% of spouse abuse victims were females and 86% of the victims of dating partner abuse were female as well. Males were 83% of spouse murderers and 75% of partner murderers. 50% of offenders in state prisons for spousal abuse had killed their victims. 50%! Wow, ah, that's, that's pretty
2: rough.
1: And this is from the American Bar Association. Okay. This well, is...
2: Tr- you know, for, for what I can, you know, look at... As a child, you know, thinking back and remembering those days, you mm-hmm. know, um, it just wasn't a crime, in a sense, when, you know, there was possible abuse, domestic violence. I mean, the, the, from what I can remember... Dr. Robertson,
1: I mean, please stand by. We've got to take our news break. Dr. Naomi Robertson and I will be back on the other side of the News exon as we continue uh, talking about domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Please, it's a crime. Don't do it. And if you know somebody who is, report them.
0: This is Dan. All hit radio.
1: Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell.
0: Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.
1: Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired
0: a drama coach to be an IT guy.
1: Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again. This time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet.
0: For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com local today.
1: Go and let me cry in vain And let
2: me be alone again The only girl I care about has gone away Looking for a brand new start But little does she know that when she left that
1: day Along with her she took my heart Rain, please tell me now, does that seem fair For her to steal my heart away she don't care I can't love another When my heart's somewhere far away
2: The only girl I care about Has gone away Looking for a brand new start
1: Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Dr. Naomi Robertson is our special guest. Uh, she's the author of Dark Secrets Revealed. It's, um, it's based on the book After Daddy Died you'd like to give us a call and speak to Dr. Uh, Robertson, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. That's 1-877-528-8255. And as I said as we were going into the news break, uh, the month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If you know someone who is suffering from domestic violence, um, you know, there are ways to help them. Number one, talk to them. Number two, let them know that people do care there it's there's nothing to be ashamed of number 3 there's always 911 Dr. Robertson thanks very much is there anything you'd like to add to that
2: Excuse I'm sorry.
1: Is there anything you'd like to add to uh, to what I just uh, let the Exo Nation yeah, know? That
2: I want to say in brief that, you know, as a child, parents should be very careful mm-hmm. about, you know, this kind of behavior in front of children because it affects you all the way up into your adulthood until you get some help. You know, and as for me, I went from job to job, apartment to apartment, one relationship to another because I couldn't find happiness. And it really wasn't in that. It was just I had to find peace in myself. And I, I just want to tell people, that who may be a victim, you know, try to, or know someone who has, try to reach out to these people and get them some help and be aware of it, and, and if you are a victim, don't feel that it's your fault, You have, it's not your fault, you know, because we live with enough guilt and we need to confront our issues in order to get the help that we need. I thank God that I am a survivor, I do have a success story, but there are so many that do not, and I just think it's time for them to stop suffering in silence.
1: Well, how does the how does the abuse affect the child as it's as the child is developing and how the child develops social skills?
2: You know, you you really have such horrible social skills in a sense because you, you find you you just duplicate what you see. There's always some confusion in your life. If you if it's nothing happening, you'll make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about in the terms of an argument, a disagreement And it's not all the time that you do this, but pretty much it's just difficult. Especially if another kid is smart and they want to challenge you, and you start feeling inadequate. Well, you already feel inadequate because there are a lot of things that you're lacking when you fall under this category of being, you know, having abuse in your home. But it was just constant confusion, you know. And for some,
1: you know, I used to go high.
2: You know, I used education as a way to escape. I still had issues and demons of the past, mm-hmm. but eventually I learned to get a handle on it with a lot of help, of course, you know. And basically, not so much from a psychiatrist or a therapist, but just confronting that issue that I've had enough of this. This is not my fault. I didn't choose my parents. Because when I was 14 years old, I had told one of my siblings, I would like to implement a law where children can divorce their parents. Now, I know that sounds bad. Not really. Just at the point. You know, I didn't ask for them. I didn't choose them. Exactly. So I thought that I should have had a choice. To say, listen, I divorced them. I don't want them as parents, you know. And I, I thought back to it. And I said that must have been a, an awful way to think. But I don't think so now. You I know, don't because you know I should have had help. That was what it what it really was. I wanted to be rescued.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, um, the your your ten brothers and sisters how how did they make out in life?
2: Not too good. Um, like i say, now there's 11, 14 years later, one more was born. During, they had gone through the change of life. I think they were kind of tired. You know, my mother was burned out, very sick. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother was, first of all, I want to say she was the sweetest person in the world. I mean, she just didn't have that kind of background. She just didn't know, you know, that my father was like that. But pretty much, uh, most of them are dead. You know, I mean, if you go out and you kill people, eventually somebody kill you. I always say you die the death of the life that you live. And I had one that was brutally murdered. You know, I had another one who was found dead, floating in four feet of water in an abandoned building. Had another one who died of AIDS. Um, Another one who died of a liver disease. I had a sister found in her home. She'd had a heart attack. And it was just bad. You know, as, as a girl, my mom died with every possible sickness and disease that you could possibly have because she was just going into bad health because of such, you know, I would say anxiety and stress. My father died of lung cancer, and uh, there's a few of us left, and they don't like what I'm doing, but, you know, I don't care. It helps me. It's time for, you know, we've been silent too long. They still have a little way to go, Mm -hmm. and uh, I love my siblings, you know, but they always felt that I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have said anything, and I'm like, wow, you know, we should have said this a long time ago. When I tried to tell people about what was going on, the first thing they would say to me when I was a kid, well, that's his wife. And I said, and it's still a crime. That's what right. What makes it okay? Because that's his wife. You know, I did try to tell teachers, but no one listened. No one would say anything. Well, it's okay. Don't, you know, it was kind of taboo. But um, I think some of it is today. People are just ashamed. They don't want anyone to know.
1: I, I'm, I'm astounded that your, your brothers and sisters are not proud of you.
2: Oh, they they are really mad at me. I've had threats. I'm being honest again, because that's what the book is about, After Daddy died, okay, by Dr. Naomi Roper. I am proud of what I've done. I'm living my life at its fullest. I'm performing at my highest level of performance in life. You know, I feel great. I don't have to take medication. I haven't had any medication in 15 years, and I, I just feel great about myself. I love myself even more. You know, I don't have any shame and guilt. I know it wasn't my fault, you know, and I'm not ashamed of my family either. I love them, and I had to learn that, though. We didn't have any love, so I had to learn how to love them. And regardless of how they feel, the threats they make, and they're upset, I got a brother who's just totally upset with me, you know, because he's like the one that, you know, he really needs some help. You know, he really needs some help right now. And I can't help him. He has to help himself. He's too old to keep doing what he's doing.
1: Is it envy?
2: Well, yeah. They claimed that I was my dad's favorite. Uh, everybody, my grandfather loved me. My grandmother, everybody took to me. I don't know. I was. My mom said I was always the one that was different in the family and what that means i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> she said i was not like her other children in a sense i just had a different kind of personality and i believe that has something to do with me being a survivor i always feel god has his hand on our life at times when we don't even know and protect yeah. us because there's a lot of situations i was in and i really know that i shouldn't have survived through it but you know that's all different you know i even found some human remains when i was a little kid and they made me feel so guilty I thought it was a dog's bone. I'm just telling you what's in the book, okay? Right. And I brought it in the house. I was a little kid, about maybe seven. I said, oh, wow. You know, I was digging in the front yard, and I brought the bones in. I said, Mom and Daddy, I said, look, a dog buried his bones in the front yard. They turned into something, literally, in a sense, because they did you know, it's like, oh, here I am, this, you know, exposing things here, and my father just, like, snatched them out of my hand. And... Maybe feel like I've done something wrong I, I didn't know then What they were But later on I knew I found out You know And I don't know I had told my older sister I asked her Did we have another sibling Another sister And she just looked at me real funny I always had a feeling That maybe we had another sibling One um, of was looked closer to me And it was a girl That's just what I said I might have had that memory or something Because I'm the only child That doesn't have a brother or sister That's like a year, you know, older or younger. Everyone else is their stair steps. I'm the only odd one. So, I don't know, but they just didn't like me. I talked too much, I guess. You know, I, I, wasn't, I was very inquisitive. I questioned things. I didn't accept things. If I didn't understand it, I would ask. You know, and they just were kind of passive. But they don't like me for it, and they, you know, they don't have anything to do with me. I'm very much estranged. You know, my son didn't even know that he had a family until I told him you
1: know once he got older how has uh, the your childhood affected your present day life
2: well that's you know kind of what I was explaining you know right now my life is great okay mm-hmm. and that's because I do have a wonderful husband and I have a beautiful miracle son you know I just thank God for that he's in college he's a good kid I have no problem with him I mean he's just a blessing but before that You know I could never find any peace with anything now I did find college somewhat of a safe haven and I would study hard you know I was one of the best students and that was another thing as a child you know I just would get double promotion after double promotion and I didn't know I was working like that and I didn't think you know I was you know better than other children I didn't even see that I just knew that that's what I enjoyed, and that was comfort for me mentally but I did the same thing in college. I didn't, and to be honest, I didn't intend to go to college as long as I did. But, it, you know, it, it worked for me, and I'm glad I did now, you know. But that was pretty much um, how it was. You know, like I said, before I got married, I just I, I searched all the time just for something. Because I was never into drugs and alcohol, thank God for that. I um, didn't do things, you know, just like in the streets. I was a quiet kind of reserved person, and I stayed to myself because I had a lot of insecurity. I was fearful of everything. I didn't want to try anything. I was just afraid it would be a disaster. So that's the kind of life that I lived before that.
1: How does one find meaning, strength, and happiness after abuse, Doctor?
2: Well, first of all, you must confront your issues because that's what really helped me. It's called the confrontation theory. And um, it's kind of hard at first. One of the hardest things for me to do was to write the book. Because the more I wrote it and confronted these issues, it became a little bit overwhelming. But you do get through it, and I did, and I'm glad that I did. You know. But most of all, I found strength and happiness, first of all, with my family. Well, I won't say that's first. That's second. Faith in God is first. Mm-hmm. But my family and the education brings a great sense of spiritual fulfillment and a meaningful purpose in life for me. And this has allowed me to pursue my dreams even more.
1: What advice would you like to give others who are listening tonight? who are victims of abuse
2: well the first thing i want to say is never get comfortable with an abuser once it happens it will happen again and they start to even make greater excuses as if they have a book that they read from i'm just telling you what i know from my parents not only that it just spins out of control and the worst scenario is eventually someone gets killed or they're seriously injured and my parents suffered the injury is bad, and I just don't know how, and I'll never know because they're both deceased now, but I don't understand how they can endure mm-hmm. so much punishment because there were times when my mother couldn't take anymore, and she would snap. And he went to his grave. My dad went to his grave with scars on him, and she went to her grave with scars on her. And I don't know how they could take that kind of abuse. I don't know. See, people, when you take abuse, you get comfortable with it. It becomes the norm in some sense. Some people try to get away. Now, who, no one helped my mother with 11 children. <laughs> Not too many places she can hide, okay? But she did. One time she left us all, Off. Okay? And he hunted her down, as he always did, because he just said, you know, you don't leave me, i leave you. You know, but don't take it. It gets worse. It never gets better. It just gets They get more comfortable the second time, the third time, fourth time. And that's what I said about my brothers who went out and killed people. The first one was you know, okay. The second one got easier. Then they got easier. You know, and they never did a day for that. And I just feel that. Well, they did now, but I just feel that that was just an awful way to live. So I would—I just, I just tell people, don't take any out of it. Just go. You know, don't even fight them back because some of them get, you know, more violent, you know, when you fight them back. Just go. And we have to find a way to get the police to support more.
1: Sure. Now, for children who are listening who are in a in a situation, in a family where there is domestic violence going on, how, what can we do for them?
2: Children need to tell everyone they know. Okay, because I told my teacher and I really thought... You know, wow, my teacher, I know she's going to rescue me. I was afraid to go home from lunch. When we had lunch and we had a little break in the day from school, I was terrified. I begged a friend of mine, would you please go home with me? But I told the teacher I would have them to also tell your clergyman. you know, just tell the neighbors, write notes, pass them, do whatever you think you need to do. Go to the police, of course. Sometimes kids dial 911 for other things. Let them dial the police for that. You could save somebody's life. They can save their own life. Because I had siblings who actually got hurt seriously in the midst of my parents' domestic violence. My brother was cut in his head with a knife. My mother was trying to, I guess, go for my father because he had done some terrible things to her. And my brother just happened to be in the way. So get help. Just go Tell somebody, and you know, kids like to run away when things mm-hmm. are bad. Don't leave home and run away and become a victim of the streets, and then you become a victim of the same scenario. Just get some help because you can save your life and the rest of your brother's uh, and sister's life, or even some other children.
1: It's good to talk about it. Children, yeah. if they should they should let as many people know as possible because somebody has to help. They, they need to cry for help. Right. But it seems yeah. that children. Who are um, part of a domestic violence uh, situation feel that they want to protect their parents as well. They're caught right in the middle. My,
2: right, My my feeling was, God, if they take my parents, I won't have anyone. You know, mm-hmm. and that that was part of my recurring nightmares of, of being abandoned. I was having these nightmares, and when my mom was passing away, you know, she was dying, and I that, that same nightmare mm-hmm. did a flashback on me, and I started reliving that same dream because I felt
1: abandoned. Dr. Robertson, please stand by. We'll be back after this commercial break. Dr. Naomi Robertson is our special guest. The name of her book is After Daddy Died. It's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. We'll be back after this break. Don't go away.
2: The only girl I care
1: robertson is our special guest she's the author of after daddy died it's her um, biography and what it does it explains the uh, the story that that unless you read it you're saying you've got to be kidding this sounds like fiction and uh, this isn't fiction it's fact if you'd like to get a copy of after daddy died it's available at amazon.com what would you like people to walk away with after reading your book doctor
2: first of all they are victims i want them to stop suffering in silence and and get some help and they need to know that when they are a victim or if they are a person who is you know the abuser Mm -hmm. it becomes a vicious cycle to the point that you know people don't like when i say generational curse but i use that term simply because you take that to your next generation when you have your children you do the same thing, and then when your children grow up, they do the same thing, and it has to stop somewhere and I always tell people it needs to stop with you. You can break that cycle right if you're getting some help, do what you need to do to get some help, okay because it damaged your generations for years to come, and it, it's just not a thing that we want to pass on <laughs> you
1: know Tell me, doctor, what are the statistics of 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 women and men who have had or been within a family unit where there is domestic violence that have been able to turn it around and, and you know break that cycle
2: Well, in my experience I've, I don't have the numbers you know just handy right now but I can tell you this there are a lot of men and women and I don't know why women will tell you more than men sometimes men keep more silent about it you know like they don't want to tell it's it go I have found that there, it's not in just a particular race. It's, it's not a specific gender. Domestic violence is just everywhere, okay, in every group of people, but not you know so severe that everybody suffers from it. There's there's certain groups of people who just suffer from it, and I've seen it in African American, I've seen it in Caucasian, in and you name it. So it's it's not a gender thing, it's not an ethnic thing, and a lot of people, you know, don't really realize that. But I do say this, there are a lot of people who have suffered from it, and it has a lot to do with your environment, too. I mean, you you think about a family with 13 people, you know, in a family maybe, you know, 12 or 14 years until the other one came, you don't always have everything you need, you know. There's never enough money. Yeah. <laughs> you Not know, unless you're rich, of course, I'm just speaking of. The average family and we were not average we were less than average okay but i didn't see a lot of this in other families until i got grown i found out when i became an adult every family has their problems some just worse than
1: others dr robertson i'd like to thank you very much for joining us tonight and i would love to invite you to be part of our um, domestic awareness uh, domestic abuse awareness the show that we're putting on later on this month
2: Thank you. I appreciate it, Rob. Thank you so much for having me as
1: a guest. All right, Doctor, I look forward to communicating with you in the near future and uh, having you back on later on this month. Thank you for all your for everything. Dr. Naomi Robertson is our special guest, and her book is available at Amazon.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, I'll be joined by my good friend Wayne Morin as we further talk about the crimes against humanity at the Napa State Institution in Napa State, California. We'll be back. Don't go away.